Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner specializing in anxiety, sensitivities, and chronic symptoms and conditions. Join me for episode 68, where my client, Dr. Aaliyah Paquette, asks her pressing questions about the MAP method and how it works. Having had 20 or more MAP sessions herself over the last two years, she is well acquainted with the method. To hear her story about how MAP method sessions have helped her through tough times, including a battle with pancreatic cancer, please listen to my conversation with her in the previous episode. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease. Instead, we work with the mind to optimize health. Now, let's talk with Aaliyah. So welcome, welcome, Aaliyah. I'm really excited to have you join me today. This is a real honor. (laughs) Because as our listeners will hear, um, Aaliyah will be interviewing me for part of this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today and sharing some of your experience as well. I'm so excited. Leah, we've probably been working together over two years now. Yeah. 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 I can't believe it's been that long. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. And we have done probably about 20 map sessions together. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was just looking through your file, you know, just to remind myself, like all the topics we have worked on over the years that we've, uh, yeah, that we've been at this. So let's take this opportunity to switch roles here and you can um, go ahead and. Oh my gosh. It's I know you've so got a list of questions. I do. <laughs> I, I just have so many. So I, ha- I would, I have to say the one, the question I've had the longest. So this, while this may not be in like order of what makes sense timeline wise, but the question I've had the longest, the thing that my black and white Western medicine brain could not understand and still doesn't understand is what you experience on the other side of that screen when we're doing a session. So I'm not with you. I'm not in the room with you. This can be done anywhere, right? Which is amazing. Another truly amazing thing about MAP and not necessarily true of a lot of other kinds of support. I mean, like my partner and I, we joke about it. We talk about how it's like being in the matrix. You you just, you're like, okay, this is all simulation. Like (laughs) apparently Madeline has control and she can fix the buttons. Cause I don't, you know, she knows if I'm taking the blue pill or the red pill and I don't. Um, so it's, it is because it just feels so surreal. You, you, you're not hypnotized. You're aware the whole time that you're involved in this session. You're relaxed, of course but you're experiencing things. And sometimes the things you're experiencing as, as you guide us through these sessions, you know, you don't feel like you have control over, like I'll have all my heart will beat fast, or sometimes I'll get kind of nauseated or I'll get, um, rapid eye movement, 
you know, which, you know, if anyone's ever done EMDR, that's a thing that occurs, but you, to have that occur while awake without your control, it, that's a, that's a strange feeling. And so I think that's the part that feels like magic, right? It feels, it feels supernatural. It feels like the matrix is what is it? What is the feedback that you're getting that allows you to help guide my superconscious through this process? Like what, what is it that you go through? What's mm. your experience on that side? And I, and I don't know if you can even answer that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let me backtrack a little bit here, right? For someone who's never experienced a map session, I just want to explain, you know, what, how it is we set up a session. So these sessions are designed to work with your subconscious mind. Everyone has to be initiated to the map method, which means you watch a 15 minute educational video and we do an introductory map session, the first 10 minutes or so of which we are just doing a little bit of setup, you know, so that your subconscious mind and my subconscious mind can work well together. And then at the beginning of each session, you come with your ideas about what topics you might want to work on. For some people, they just have one topic, you know, my perfectionism. I know I don't want to be a perfectionist anymore. Or I don't want to be a procrastinator anymore. Or I, uh, you know, I, I have this goal, but I keep getting in my own way. You know, I have these self-defeating behaviors or whatever, you know, they, there's something that they want to work on. And so, okay, so that's the topic of our session that kind of helps to structure the framework of the session. So you consciously come with one or more topics, we choose a topic, and that becomes the, uh, yeah, like I said, the framework, but then your subconscious mind. So as I'm, as we are working together, um, I will ask you, okay, so you want to work on this topic. Can you give me an example of a time where your perfectionism was really limiting you? You might have a particular memory of when it was the worst for you or the first time it happened or the most recent time it happened. And I will have you kind of focus on this memory with your eyes closed, breathing slowly, deeply, and gently, right? Just like you're meditating. But then as the, as a map practitioner starts to give some instructions, verbal instructions, plain English instructions to yeah. your yeah. subconscious mind, you know, things start to come up for you, right? Your subconscious mind starts to show you the associations. It's like, oh yes, there's a memory of this happening. There's this person, there's this word of certain thought, or maybe a physical sensation, like little constriction in the throat or like as you mentioned heart racing or yeah. tingling somewhere there's maybe there not always right there may be some kind of physical sensation as well um, other people report like emotions just bubbling up for them yeah yeah, um, yeah. and I'm sure you've experienced all of this right because you've yeah. been through you know a number of map sessions now on on, on so many different topics but um, I like to describe a, a map session as being kind of like a sequence of these little meditations. And in each one, you're being instructed, okay, focus on this aspect of the experience. And then I'm giving instructions. You're starting to notice things. And then after a few minutes, I say, okay, Leah, what, what came up for you during that? Um, then you tell me what you observed, right? Because I don't know that unless you report it to me. And then 
I listen to your feedback and I'm, I'm kind of testing myself to figure out, okay, what is the important thing? What is the important thread of what she just described there? And I'm trying to find the next priority, you know, from that, that little meditation, the topic we focus on for that little meditation, what should the next step be? So I have you focus on the next thing. And then we go through that little process again. Again, you give me some feedback. Again, I find the thread. And then we, you know, and the way I like to work is usually working on the negative thing, like the, the thing you are trying to overcome or get rid of or change and work towards something positive at the end. So that usually the end of the session, we are reinforcing a positive intention. Okay. So instead of that experience you are having, you know, what is the experience you want to be having? Okay. Let's reinforce that for you in your subconscious mind, because that will be a foundation for you to just make it that much easier for you to have that behavior. The next time a similar situation arises in your life. So your question is, what is that experience like for me? It is, I mean, I'm doing the same thing that you are, right? I have to be in a meditative state. I, um, as MAP practitioners, we are trained to tune in to the subconscious of the person we are working with. I'm muscle checking, which is kind of like muscle testing, you know, like I don't, you know, if you've ever been to a functional medicine practitioner who does muscle testing, like they'll test your strength or weakness against a number of different options to figure out, you know, what the factors are that are affecting you. Well, I kind of do the same thing, except because I'm able to connect to your subconscious mind, we don't have to be in the same room and I don't have to push on your arm. I metaphorically push on my arm, just my fingers. Uh And so I am getting feedback myself and um, I'm getting, yeah, guidance on like, okay, this is the important thing or go here, do that, give her this instruction, right? So that is how I kind of navigate through each of these little meditations. And then when you're giving me the feedback, I'm muscle checking against each of the things that you're telling about, you know, this memory came up, this thought came up, this word came up, this feeling came up. Oh, okay. So what of that is the important thing? Interesting. Okay. So you're doing that muscle checking as we're, as we're going through. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So, you know, this is, this is the hard thing. I think for people to understand who are brought up in a Western tradition, right? Because Because it's a very abstract concept. We want to know what knowledge do you have about this particular condition or problem, right? Like yes. how many yeah. people have Prove you worked it. with Prove it to me. that yeah. have diabetes or whatever? Yeah. And it's like, I try to explain like, as a med practitioner, you come with this issue and you say, I want to resolve this. And I say, yes, I think we can do that with MAP. Let's try a few sessions and see, right? And you don't have to know what is behind that in your subconscious mind. And I don't have to know what is behind that in your subconscious mind either in the process of a session i we are being guided right in a way by your subconscious mind to find those connections and you know some people are better at this than others yes do do you get a sense that it's a like an um an intuition for you like is there a lot of that feeling where you feel pulled toward a certain um, answer toward a certain thing that the person's, you know, topic that the person is bringing up. 
or does it feel more uh, more black and white than that? Does it feel more? You hear someone mention, "Oh, this was the this was the issue I had when I was two years old," and your brain or or that connection allows you to be like, "No, that's irrelevant. Like that's not it. It's it's because it's that moment when you're in. For people who haven't had a session, it's so hard to describe. But you know, sometimes, for instance, to give just examples of your responses to me, I'll be in a session with you, and you'll ask my superconscious a question like, like, um, you know, do I have permission? Yeah. To even that, that simple question that you ask at the beginning for someone with black and white thinking, who's never done this before, when you ask that question and then you give a subtle response, right? You're saying it out loud. You're saying it in plain English to my brain and I'm not saying anything. I, you know, there's the, the version where I give you permission verbally, I say yes. And then you ask my super conscious and your response is yes or no. Even that, right? Even that is hard for a black and white thinker to wrap their mind around. And I know for me, it was easy for me to get past that because I, I just think what you do is amazing. So it was, I was like, whatever, you know, I don't need to understand it to, to explore this. But I know for some people who have, I've referred to, they, they felt like, what does that mean? What, who's she talking to? Like who she, what's she hearing? Um, you know, so for them, they get, they, they start shutting down. They start putting up barriers um, because certain people just can't wrap their minds around the unknown, right? Not under, they don't understand. And muscle testing even is a strange concept for a lot of people or muscle checking. And so they just kind of shut down. It creates a barrier and then there's no therapeutic relationship, right? You can't move forward because they can't accept what's going on. I'm grateful. That's not how my brain works, but but yeah, you know, then in that process or, you know, uh, when should this person follow up, you know, uh, two weeks or three weeks, I'm getting, I'm getting this sense that that's the right time. Um, or I, you will sometimes get feedback about an experience that occurred at a certain age, right? You'll tell me I'm getting, I'm getting this feedback that there was an experience that, you know, happened at age of seven and let's, how, how could that, what could have happened at that time that relates to this? which gives you as a patient, a lovely opportunity to kind of explore, right. To, to start trying to delve into that. But again, it doesn't feel conscious. It feels, it feels like you're diving into something in your subconscious. It feels like you're looking for something deeper rooted, but it's so hard to understand what you're going through. Like, what is it? Where is that feedback coming from? Where is that? So the muscle checking, that's really interesting that that really helps to explain a big part of it because again, that's a little like intuitive hit or a drive toward a certain answer. Um, but sometimes the answer seems so specific. It's like, well, you know, again, that's where you feel like you're in the matrix. You're like, who wrote the message to you to tell you that age seven was when I like, where did that answer come from? Um, because it feels so specific, right? It's like, you don't know me. You don't know what I was going through at this age. And I don't think I've ever had an experience with you where a suggested time frame didn't lead to a profound connection to whatever it was we were talking about. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, I have every reason to believe that whatever information you're, you're getting from our connection is real, is there, but I can't do it. Right. I can't, if you ask me to, so then that's strange. It's like, well, it's not, this isn't like riding a bike. I can't just like practice this and learn how, how is she doing this? How are you tying into me in that way? So I'm just going to insert a little aside here because I realize afterwards in editing this that I have not fully answered Leah's question. 
but I do have to say that I am rather tickled that she is as impressed as she is with uh, the kind of feedback that I am providing her during a session. Really, it, it doesn't seem impressive to me, and it doesn't seem supernatural to me or even magic. As I said before, I use muscle checking, which is a very simple way of me tapping into my nervous system. It's called muscle checking, but it has nothing to do with your muscles. It is actually tapping into your nervous system, an electrical system, and it allows me to get answers, yes, no answers to the questions that I ask. Practitioners go through extensive training to learn how to tune into someone else's subconscious mind. We'll talk more about how this is possible uh, later in this podcast episode. But even the question of how do you know at what age, you know, the original event occurred that set this pattern in motion, right? Even something like that. I mean, I'm just asking myself questions. You know, the, she may be giving me feedback. She may be reporting to me what just happened as she meditated on the last subject that we focused on. And I'm asking myself questions. You know, is there an original event? If I get yes, then I start looking for it. It is often, most often in childhood. So this is not shocking, right? I start looking, I ask myself, you know, age zero to five, age five to 10. If one of those categories gets a yes, then I start counting zero, one, two, three, four, five. It's a very simple muscle checking process. And then I hit an age, I get a yes. And I say, Aaliyah, is there something that happened to you around age seven, you know, that has to do with this topic that may be related, you know, that may be something we need to look at. That is all. It doesn't seem magic to me at all. It seems like it's, it's just like everything else. I'm asking a question, I'm getting yes, or I'm getting a no. That is how I guide all sessions. That is how I quote unquote discover information it is simply muscle checking. All right, let's go back to our conversation. So not everyone is ready for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which again, is heartbreaking because everyone can benefit from it. They just can. It just happens, yeah. but you have to yeah. be open to it. That's right. That's what, so that's, that's what I feel like. You don't have to understand it. No, you just have to be open to it. Right. It doesn't require any, you know, like you don't have to have any certain kind of spiritual beliefs or anything, you know, nope. you know no, not at all. I'm a walking example of that. I'm yeah. a perfect example of that. I, I was ready to be like, this makes no sense. I'm not a good, I'm not a good applicant. Like I don't have the right kind of trauma. Uh, I don't know what she's doing. Uh, I can't explain it to anyone. Like I, yeah, I couldn't be a better example. And I have, you know, I'm an atheist. I have no spiritual connection. So I don't think God is talking to you about me. I don't like, I have I got, I got nothing to work with here. And yeah. yet I couldn't be more, I have benefited more from such a lovely process. So you know, I, I try to explain to people like, you know, we all, well, my, many of us were fortunate to have these little smartphones, you know, that we can't carry on in our pockets. Right. Yes. And we know that we can click on the app, the little picture for Amazon, we can order something yes. and it shows up in the mail, right. It comes yes. to our, our home and we don't understand. Most Why? of us could not no. explain what the programming was behind that. That makes it work right? But yeah. we rely on it, right? As a technology, we yes. just learned like 
it's like, could you program that? Could you, do you understand what's happening? You know, how did that message get transmitted through the vapor? You know, no, most of us, 99% of us cannot explain how that works. We just know that it does. Yeah. No, I mean, if you send me back in time, I couldn't teach anyone anything about my current life. I couldn't, I couldn't invent cars any earlier than they were invented. I couldn't invent the telephone. I don't understand how a record works. Like it's been explained to me so many times and I still don't get how you make sound come out of bumps on a piece of plastic. Like it's insane, but these things are just accepted. It's just an accepted part of, of the technological advances of our culture and somewhere there's somebody who understands it. Right. And think about a microwave, right? Yes. One microwave. All cooking required heat, right? You had to turn on the stove, you had to turn on an oven, you had to build a fire. Now yeah. you put something in this little like TV. Yeah, yeah, and it comes out, it's hot and cooked. cooked. Explain yeah. that, right? Yeah, I can't so, no. Well, we accept it and we use yeah. it to warm up our coffee every morning, yeah, right? We move on because it's convenient and it helps me. Exactly. Yes. And that's how that's how I think you in you know, if for a person that's curious that wants to try it, like that's maybe like the mindset you have yeah, to adopt. It's a good metaphor. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the prescriptions that, you know, you're prescribed as a patient from a doctor, you know, you open up this bottle, you put a pill in your mouth, you don't know what it is. No. And you don't know, you can't draw the chemical structure of what you've just ingested, right? You don't know how it was made, what factory, what the ingredients were. You don't, you just trust this is for your blood pressure and you take it every day. And that's what we've been trained to do in the world of Western medicine, because we're reassured over and over again, that there's proof, there's studies, there's lots and lots of science to support whatever it is we've been told. So you get this vote of confidence to be like, okay, well then I'll just trust in you fully. I will just assume because you got the education and you have examined the, the science behind it, that I can trust that this thing you're prescribing me is good for my body. Um, and of course the irony there is that we then ignore all of the meddling factors like money, for instance, that drive the production of drugs and the prescribing of drugs. Um, and the same is true for the, you know, the procedures that we allow physicians to do to us. They're driven by cost. They, that just is the hard nature of it. But we accept it. We accept that. And so for I think for me, especially being in it, right, I do understand the science and I do know the molecular structure of a lot of things that go. And, and it's the reason I try to get my patients to avoid drugs. I know the side effects. I know what they could potentially do. I know how it impacts your immune system. Not everything, but, you know, I have this I have this broader understanding And so I think that's why this experience with you was initially so strange. It it, it is, it's otherworldly. I can't just say, I get it. I had to very, very seriously say, I don't care. It's okay. I trust you. And so I believe that my risk is incredibly low. And my benefit is exponentially higher. And so I'm happy to move forward. I'm happy to put that trust. Um, but the science part of my brain is like, but how? <laughs> I want to look behind the curtain. I want the molecular structure. Um, and maybe that kind of segues into a little bit about like what this was like for you going from this nutrition background um, and going through that journey to becoming a practitioner, like, what was it, 
you know, did you experience math as an individual? Did somebody treat you with math before you had learned how to do math yourself? Or because, you know, that's like part of schooling for us, right? Is you often are a patient long before you're a physician. Um, so yeah, had, had you gone through these kind of questions and this kind of process with a practitioner going, what is going on? What is this person doing? Or by the time, you know, you had personally experienced MAP, were you already so enveloped and engrossed in the education that you, you know, it wasn't as shocking for you? What was that, what was that path from the, you know, more traditional Western viewpoint of a nutritional or dietary um, degree? Yeah. into something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be doing this today, I would have been like, you're no, you're crazy. Oh, I'm right there with you. It's only been because, three years for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I prided myself as so many of us do being a really rational person, right? Yeah. You know, I went to a science and math high school, you know, I uh, was a science major in college. I got an MBA. I worked in the business world for 25 years. Then my own health made me want to look deeper. I know I wasn't getting the answers I felt I needed to get from Western medicine or from functional medicine or naturopaths or da 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 da. da. I found yep. changing my diet had a big effect to improve my health. And I thought, well, this is the way. And each time, you know, that whatever diet I was on stopped working, I would look well, yeah. it was diet before it's got to be diet again. And I kept, I kept using that same approach to improve my health until the point that I could not figure it out anymore. Yeah. That is when I started to study nutritional therapy. So I became a nutritional therapy practitioner to solve my own health problems. Never thought I would be a practitioner for other people. I just thought I'm going to go through this training process because I just can't figure it out anymore. I just need a framework, a structure. I need to, you know, understand the structures of the body. I need to understand how yeah, we know. looking for control, looking for some control in that chaos, which is so common for so many people. Yeah. So, so people experience this. That is what brought me to nutritional therapy. And once I kind of studied and absorbed all of that material, I thought, wow, I, you know, I, most people do not understand this, you know, the tremendous impact that diet has on health. And I think that this is something that needs to be offered more widely and couldn't find anyone in the Twin Cities that did that. So I set up an office and started practicing that. Along the way, I started to work with a lot of people with sensitivities and food intolerances. Yeah. This became a big part of my practice. Yep. And I learned energy kinesiology because I wanted, which is muscle testing, right? I wanted a way to quickly be able to test people against a hundred food substances, you know, in a one hour office visit so that we could start to build a list of suspected sensitivities so that we could start to remove those foods from the diet and see if their health, you know, got better. Yeah. Doing that led me to, you know, having a lot of people who are very, a pretty, dismayed by, you know, the suggestion that they might be sensitive to things that they were eating, not wanting to take them out of the, take those foods out of their diet, not wanting to restrict their diet. Their solution was, how do we eliminate these? How do we get rid of these sensitivities? And I was like, you know, I don't know. This is not what we, they teach us in nutritional therapy. They say, take them out. Yeah. It, then, in fact, they teach you the opposite. It's not possible. Right. It's not possible. You are sensitive. You, yes. 
This is it. This is your you take it out. That's your life. Wait, yeah. or maybe, you know, you wait three, six months and you can start to reintroduce, you know, the food uh, maybe once every three or four days, just in a small amount. To just and if you're see. one of the lucky ones, you'll yes. get to move forward from this. Yes. But otherwise, yes. just be, you don't tolerate gluten. You yeah, don't so just avoid. Yeah. Yep, no soy. You're Take done. Take this out. Take this out. Take this out. Right. And so what? So I started to look into elimination techniques. So I learned a lot of those. And the one that worked best was a, a basic method of neural retraining that worked with the conscious mind to try to change a conditioned behavior. You can look at a sensitivity reaction as a conditioned behavior to a yeah. known stimulus, right? Yeah. In the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind, which runs all the systems of your body, it can yeah. create any symptom it wants to. Yep. Yeah. Because it will, if it has it to. <laughs> and so if it's convinced that this thing is yeah. truly threatening for you, right? It's necessary, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I learned this basic method, which worked well for maybe seven. So I started to teach this to my clients in workshops, about 70% of the people would do swimmingly just with that very basic method, but it required a lot of work. We are talking yeah. about practicing for an hour a day for three to six months, very yeah. arduous, right? So not everyone had time for that, but the people that did have time for that, about 70% would get better. And I thought, what is different about these other 30%? What is different about these people? And then I started to learn about the role of trauma. And I started to realize, oh, I, I started putting in uh, questions in my, in my intake form to ask about trauma, history of trauma. And I realized that these, are, these people who don't do well with a basic method, they are the people that have a more significant trauma history. There is something different about how they are wired and I thought, I wish, I wish I had a method where I could just do the rewiring for them in a set of sessions so that I didn't have to send them home for, for months because it would take months for them to be able yeah. to report back. Like I've been doing this for two, three months now, and I'm not seeing any significant benefit, right? So it took months of effort for them to fail yeah. the first method yeah. in order for me to be like, okay, we need to find something different for you. And I didn't know what that new and different thing was. And then I saw a demonstration. So to get to your question, how did I know yeah. that MAP was the thing? I had never been a patient of a MAP practitioner. There were, there was no there one in the West yeah. that did this, right? I had never heard of it before. But remember, I, so I'm, I keep saying to myself, I wish I could do this for people in a set of office visits, right? If I could just rewire their brain in a set of office visits, then I wouldn't have to send them home with this, you know, the scripts and all the stuff to, to practice on their own unsupported for months. And then I see a demonstration uh, in a video and I thought, what is happening in that video? I thought it looks like he is rewiring her brain for anxiety or stage fright or some, something, some sundry thing. I thought that is what I need. That is what I need. And I became obsessed. I started to research this. What's behind this? Who, who, where can I learn this? And I found the MAP Coaching Institute. I had a workshop with Colette Stryker, the founder of the MAP Method. She does like a five-minute thing for, you know, for selected people in the workshop. And I was one of the people that she worked with. And so I, I experienced some, she worked on like a one issue or one memory. And I experienced something that 
was reminiscent for me. And I had also been trained in Reiki and uh, healing touch, like some other, some other modalities, right? Yeah. And Reiki is another, is an energy method where yeah. the practitioners have to be initiated to the method by a master, right? So I had right. been initiated to levels one, two, and three, but I'd never incorporated it into my practice. It was just something I learned. But in going through that initiation process, uh, you know, that feeling of your mind processing something um, that you are not aware what it yeah. is doing, right? Yeah. It was very much like, what happened when Colette Stryker gave my subconscious mind some instructions for dealing with this uh, stressful event or whatever that I had brought up as an example in that workshop. And I thought, oh, this is like that. Like, this is like that other experience I had. Somehow I just knew that this is, this was the solution. This is what I needed to learn. Yeah. So I did. And then once I learned it and I, and yes, it is helpful for sensitivity. That's the first thing I, you know, that's why I learned it. But now understanding more about how the mind works, how mind, body, and spirit work, you know, I now understand that this is generally applicable as, as we've discussed so far, you know, generally applicable for, for many uh, emotional, mental, and physical health issues. Even that comment, though, the fact that nutrition is what led you here is just so, so unbelievably important for people to understand. I mean, that is rampant in our culture, food sensitivity. Mm. It's rampant. And some of it has to do with, you know, again, the way food has changed, the way it's shifted, the way it's manipulated, the way it's processed in our, in our, again, in our culture. But I think a lot of it, again, the fact that you can do a map session and look at someone's subconscious and, and someone's past experiences, negative experiences or traumas, whatever they are, and affect the way they react to food, that, that's huge. That's a huge statement. You're talking about something that would supposedly be separate, right? Your mind should have nothing to do with the way you process dairy. Uh, and that isn't true. They, it does it, it, they're, they're intimately related because again, that, that just shows you how tied in our brain and our experiences is to the physical manifestations we experience in our body on a daily basis. I mean, that is just, that's so amazing to have nutrition be the path that brought you there is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's connected, right? Because the brain is the boss of the immune system. It is. And when the brain comes up with this idea that this food is really dangerous for you through association, you know, maybe you had some of that in your stomach during a really stressful time, right? And some people know this, right? Because they say, I've never been able to eat eggplants since Aunt Myrna's funeral. Yeah. Some people know, you know, what happened. Recognize that connection. Right. So the, yeah. So there's this association that's being made in the mind of like, oh, you know, we felt really stressed. We were under threat and this was in the stomach. Oh, that must be, that must be the culprit, you know, it must be dangerous. Yeah. Mm, Yes. And so then every time, you know, the brain sees that, well, we've got eggplant in the stomach. It's calling out there in the room. You got to fight the bear. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So you get the rash or you get the stomach ache or you 
get the breathing, you know, shortens the breath, or you get the headache, or you get the muscle tension, whatever it is, it's the body, your body sending you those signals. And, you know, the reason that we know this is a conditioned behavior can create it in your mind is because if you ask 10 people who have gluten sensitivity or nightshade sensitivity or dairy sensitivity, what are the symptoms that you get when you eat that food? You can get many every symptom under the sun. Yeah. Yes. All of them. And that's not how the body works. I, 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 it's so funny. I answered a question about that the other day with a little girl. She was, uh, my, my, one of my cousin's kids who's 12 and she's having some dairy sensitivity. I said, well, I can give you the Western medicine response, or I can give you the real response, which would you like? And they said both, I guess. And I said, well, the Western medicine response is that human adults, um, will start to grow out of their ability to digest dairy. And, and I said, and the reason that's not true uh, is because people will often come in saying, well, I can eat yogurt, but I can't eat milkshakes. I can eat milkshakes, but I can't have cheese. I can have cheese, but I can't have a bowl of cereal with milk on it. And I can have my coffee, but I can't. And it's like, yeah, so that's not how digestion of dairy works. <laughs> that's not how the science behind a lactose intolerance works or like the science behind a celiac disease, a true gluten intolerant person. That's not how the science works, which means something else is going on that we in Western medicine have not embraced. So we don't understand. So we write it off. So we just say to you, it's normal for, normal for adults to not be able to digest dairy. And that's why every time you have certain dairy, you don't feel good. And yet the symptoms vary wildly. And it's like, yep, that's just lactose intolerance. Uh, but it's not. So I gave them the other answer, which was there's probably some kind of stress, anxiety, or trauma taking place and promptly was made privy to what was actually going on. And it was like, well, that's, there you go. You got to address that. That's why you don't tolerate dairy. Um, but you know, that's, it's such an important part. Nutrition is such a profound part of our, the word it's like, that's the catchphrase for me. And speaking to you is profound. I just can't, it's the number of things, how deeply these issues affect the body. I just, it's like, I can't come up with a synonym for it. Um, it, it, but our relationship with food is daily, right? That's an, that's an all the time thing. It's such an important experience. And there are so many people who struggle with these, these limitations that they've self-induced in a desperation to come up with control, to come up with a plan, right. To come up with something that works for them because the symptoms are, don't make sense. They don't track, they don't, and they're miserable. Um, and it's, it is, it's so amazing to, to have this as a resource, to be able to heal your relationship with food in a way that Western medicine could never do for you or functional medicine or a naturopath. They just can't do it. It's not within their means. Um, but it also should be a shining example of how the brain is connected to the body. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I think that that this thing that you do, this, the, the, and to come from a place of nutrition is really important for people to know about either because it could change their relationship with food or because it's so demonstrative of this relationship, the relationship of mind and body. It's incredible. Yeah. So did you have any other burning questions? How, how I think those just, just so many that the other one I think that um, 
weighs on me a lot and I, or I wonder about frequently. Um, and again, this one, this is pretty, I imagine is pretty personal for a lot of people. For me personally, I'm more than willing to, to answer any questions you have directed at me about this. Um, but it's about spirituality. Um, I know spirituality can be like politics, right? You just kind of don't talk about it. But I, uh, I am an atheist. I still kind of, I, I would still define myself that way in that I don't, atheism gets confused by people, right? People think atheists believe in nothing, that by definition, we believe in nothing. That isn't true. Um, and a quick Google will solve that for anybody who wants to argue with me about it. Um, <laughs> it's, it is not believing in a deity. So I do not believe in an organized or a traditional sense of the word deity that I pray to or that I um, pay homage to. Um, and, and then and you and I have talked about this a lot, especially as a history of one of my traumas. I don't um, believe in organized religion. I, I specifically um, think that there are a lot of things that come out of organized religion that have been negative. And so um, that is my spirituality in a kind of a quick nutshell. But that doesn't really mean I don't believe in anything. I believe in many things. And, and the, the path through MAP has been interesting for me because it has, A, allowed me to heal some of my wounds with organized religion and what organized religion, um, the negative things that organized religion has brought into our world. Um, it's allowed me to heal some of my um, traumas with that and my opinions around that. But it has also challenged me to look at this idea of energy, right? This idea of spirit, this idea of being able to connect to someone's subconscious. That's a very interesting concept for someone who not only is an atheist and doesn't believe in a deity, but is more science-based in their brain. You can be, you can believe in God and still believe in science, right? You can still have a very science-based brain and believe in God. Those two are not mutually exclusive as we have learned but it's, it is an interesting concept. I would imagine that somebody who maybe has a closer relationship with God or a closer, a God, whatever the God is for you, or maybe a deeper, um, history in, um, energy ideas and energy-based, you know, communication and, and connection with self. I would imagine they'd have an easier time understanding this, right? They'd sit down for a session and be like, well, yeah, I mean, this makes sense. Um, for me, it has opened up a world of exploration, right? For me, it was this, this world of like, okay, well, what, where does this fit? Where does this fit in what I know of the world and what I know of science and where does this fit in my own spirituality? And, um, does this change, you know, my thoughts around God or my thoughts around religion, which I, again, I think are two different things. Um, and so it's been a really interesting path for me personally, um, but, and so I've just wondered, I wondered if that changed for you, how did that, did this have anything to do with your path? Did you, did your spirituality, was it affected by that path from, uh, you know, science and your business degree and nutrition because it feels like a spiritual journey? Yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly inspired a lot of learning for me, right? Because yeah you enter the MAP certification program, which I did after having like that five minute experience, five minute experience with Colette Stryker. Right? Yeah. It was just like, yep, I'm this in. is what I'm looking for. I don't know why it was like being hit in the head with yeah. lightning. You know, it was just like, 
I just knew, you know, this is what I've been looking for. And uh, even though I've never heard of this before, even though there are like only uh, like 120 people trained in the world, uh, or no less than that, because I'm number 95. I think this is what I'm, what I've been looking for. And I mean, when I think about that now, I think that is totally irrational. Like, why did I spend so much time and so much money getting a certification to help the 30% of people that I felt like I wasn't able to reach when I was able to help 70% of the people with the tool I already had, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, and who can explain this, right? You know, you just, you just feel like, no, this is my path. And I, I blindly, you know, signed up and started to learn this. And, and when they, you know, fortunately, I feel in some way, like I've been led by the nose, like down this path, because like I said, I already learned energy kinesiology, right? Something that, you know, I, I found very curious, you know, I wasn't like against it. I didn't think it was like, I wasn't afraid of it. I, I didn't understand it necessarily, but I learned to trust it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd already learned Reiki for other reasons, you know, um, and had, had that experience. So I, I had this experience with like an energy healing modality. And again, you know, it, it, it worked. I mean, I, right. So I had this experience with it that I could relate to. So all of these, having all these things already, uh, all these experiences already made me more open to what they kind of expect you, the skills they expect you to learn as a map practitioner. I mean, alongside doing the certification program, I was doing tons and tons and tons of reading I I would say I took more of a scientific approach to it, you know, so I would say that if anyone is having trouble kind of understanding these concepts, you know, I wouldn't say it's a spiritual point of view, a spiritual mindset that we adopt as MAP practitioners, but more for myself, I would say is like just an understanding that there is this sense of oneness, right? That you and I are not separate. I mean, this is why I can do a map session on you over Zoom. And this is why I can tune in, as we as you know, we describe it, tune in to your subconscious mind. It's because you and I are not separate. You and I and the tree and, and the you know the, the oceans and the forest, we are not separate. It, it, there is one consciousness, and we are all part of the same consciousness. And that and is remarkable though that's that's an amazing concept and and for people i think you know in a traditional religious viewpoint that is not necessarily not to put words in people's mouth but kind of the way religion is taught is not is that that isn't true right we're we're these individuals we're these we're these things that are sent here and you're either going to be punished or rewarded for the behavior i would say for me that 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 is my quote spirituality that is my god my that is my religion is is the earth it's the it's energy it's the connection to one to going back to to being to being being here for this time and that death is just returning that energy and those cells back to where i came from and 
So it is right. The, the ocean, the, the forest, the trees, that's my church, right? Like this is how I connect. And the thought of being connected to another human is an easy thing for me to grasp from a spiritual standpoint. And yet you're, you're right in that what you do is very scientific. It's very, like, you give these resources that are heavily researched. You, you scratch that itch, right? You, you provide me with the, here's the, here's the Western medicine background. Here's the support from, from what we have learned about the body to back up what it is I'm doing as a MAP practitioner. Here's the data, here's the studies, here's the books that have been written, here are the people. I mean, you that's one of the amazing thing about you, about you is you are a plethora of knowledge for people. It's, and it, it can be this very black and white, like here it is, the work's been done. And yet by definition, what you're doing feels, feels much bigger than that. Like it's this, it is a connection with someone that shouldn't, by all means, much like a microwave, like it shouldn't work. I don't understand how it works. I, I'm just, you are able to connect with people in this way that not everyone can do and can't be readily explained. And that is where it feels like you're being drawn into the world of spirituality, right? This connection, this, this oneness. I mean, that's remarkable. That's what an experience. So did it, did you already feel open to that going into it? Or did, did that shift, did that shift something for you? Did that have to change something about the way you thought about people or the way you thought about, you know, science or the way you thought about, uh, life, um, you know, the universe, did that have to change for you to be able to do this with people? Or did it feel you'd like already laid the groundwork? Yeah, I think I had, you know, like, yeah. that's what I mean. I say, like, I feel like right. I was everything that you had done leading up to it. Yeah. yeah. The things I had read, encountered, learned, you know, things that I like, how does that, how could that possibly be? Yes. Like, you know, the way you feel now, it's like, I, even though I may not have understood them on an analytical level, like I had had the experience and I understood enough that this wasn't a major barrier to me to be yeah. able to participate in the certification program. So I just want to mention a couple of the resources, right? So Lynn McTaggart wrote a book called The Field. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Greg Braden has wrote a book and I can't think of what it's called right now. Um, but uh, anyway, th those Lynn McTaggart also has a podcast called uh, Living the New Science. She's a science writer, and she she's she writes about the field of information. Um, and she talks about the research that has been done by these, you know, kind of disparate teams, you know, around the world that she's kind of, you know, met with them, talked with them, digested everything she was learning and put it into one book that can be understood by a lay person, you know, yeah. about the physics behind the zero point field, which is a phenomenon physicists have known about forever, but they've, uh, they just subtracted out of their equations, right? You know, th this whole debate about what is actually out there in space, is it empty, you know, or is it full? all the experiments that have been done in physics that show that the presence of a consciousness can change the outcome, you know, whether or not those electrons are being observed by an observer changes the way 
the outcome is in the in the experiment, right? I mean, so there's there's uh, so much that has been written about, you know, about this new physics, not Newtonian physics, but you know, the the next stage of physics that explains a lot about this oneness that I'm talking about. Yeah. But this is not taught, generally speaking, in school. No. So yeah. it's something you have to seek out yourself. Again, do you have to know how the microwave works for it to heat no. up your lunch? No, you don't. No. But for someone who wants to know, you know, there, there are resources. Okay, so I'm going to make another brief aside because I can see that I'm not explaining this well. So let me just go over a couple of things that we've talked about. As you may remember, in the beginning of this interview, Aaliyah was talking about the matrix. She was kind of joking, right, that it felt like information was coming from the matrix. But she was exactly right. You can think of the matrix as the zero-point field that I was describing before, which is also known as the quantum field. This is an invisible field of energy and information that connects everything in the universe and exists beyond space and time. If you want to know more about this, I do recommend the book The Field by Lynn McTaggart. The subtitle on that book is The Quest for the Secret Force of the Universe. Another book that you might consider is Greg Braden's The Divine Matrix. He was a software engineer working on large defense projects, and he decided to take a year off of work to explore spiritual concepts and spent that year traveling the world, talking to medicine men, holy men, Buddhist monks, shamans of all types all over the world. And he, he writes about the commonalities in what they were telling him about how they understand the world to be. And this oneness, right, this connection between all things, between all people, between man and nature, all things, all sentient beings. And so he writes from a more spiritual perspective on the same thing. He is also talking about this invisible field of energy and information while Lynn McTaggart writes about it from a scientific point of view because she has spent her time interviewing scientists, learning about their, their work, the conclusions that they are drawing, and describing this all in a way that the layperson can understand. So I do recommend those two books. So the principles of quantum physics that are pertinent here are the principle of entanglement, the role of consciousness, as I just described, and this zero-point field. If you would like to learn more about this, I recommend taking the free course that is offered at mapforhealth.us. There are three free courses available there that will help you to understand more about the MAP method and how we use it for physical health. And finally, you know, what I want to point out here is that although Aaliyah is very focused on the spiritual aspects that she perceives behind what she experiences in MAP sessions and what she imagines the MAP practitioner's experience is like, while I'm more focused on the scientific aspects of that, 
really what we are seeing here is that this is the nexus between religion, spirituality, and science. For too long, we have lived in a world where science and religion or spirituality are separate, are separated, and where the mind and the body have been separated. And these things are not separate. That is what we are seeing. That is what I see every day as a MAP practitioner. These things are very much connected and have always been, no matter how hard we have tried to keep them in separate boxes. All right, let's get back to our conversation. It's really scientific, though it is not the kind of science that a Western trained physician that you get exposed to yeah or or that the public get exposed to you know because right. even that's it's something you encounter in western medicine obviously when you walk into a patient room there's a lot that you've learned that they have no experience right like you've memorized the krebs cycle 30 times and the table of elements and it's like you know they don't even they don't have a concept of that but there's still like a a general idea that a lot of people have about the science behind what we do right uh so yeah it's it's interesting that there's this there's this uh, drive in me. This is the first time in my life where I have experienced something scientific, right? Something scientific, a connectivity that is just so interesting um, and not easily conceptualized that I want to create a story. I want, <laughs> it's like, I need something to explain it. Um, and, or I, I feel that desire to explain it, but luckily it's never interfered with my desire to move forward. See, this is where I feel like science and religion are coming together. Every ancient culture spoke about how there that we are all one. Every ancient culture, and 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 I think in our modern modern society, I mean, even from the Middle Ages, right? We kind of had these separations, you know, yes. Descartes, and yeah. you know, I mean we divided things up. And so there's like this, the turf, the kind of turf wars, you know, you get the mind, I get the body, right. You know, yes. and so there's been this dividing and dividing and dividing. And really, I think uh, what we, what we can see, uh, what a math practitioner experiences every day in sessions is that the original um, way of thinking is right. You know, that there is, it's all, it's all yeah. We are all connected. Yeah, it's all, all one connected. great big. I mean, even just that that concept in in science that many people are because again, it gets thrown around as an idiom. But the idea of uh, energy can't be created or destroyed. Well, we are energy. That's what we are. We're made up of energy. So by definition, where am I going? <laughs> like, if I can't be created or destroyed, then I'm connected to all of this. That means I came from this, and I will go back to it. For me, the fact that that is based in science is just beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I love that it comes from science, but it's a science so complicated, so complex, and not part of the mainstream that it has to be explored differently. Even yeah. Einstein, when yeah. his scientific findings were were described in the literature, says this sounds like spooky action at a distance. Yeah, I I completely agree with that, and totally understand that. So yeah, it's like, we have to catch up, right? But science is there, you know, uh, even since the discovery of the atom, you know, Max Planck, you know, in his Nobel Prize acceptance speech, you know, he talks about how, 
now we have found the atom, but he felt that there was a consciousness that this atom wasn't just like a little mechanistic thing. He felt there was a consciousness that organized collections of atoms that the, the way atoms, yeah, combine and transfer yeah. and move. I mean, they which we know they do. Yes. And, and again, are we? we are right. just a collection of atoms. atoms. And they stick together, but they also transfer to things. I mean, like it is it is a crazy, crazy thing to try to wrap your mind around. So yeah, I mean, I think that the the take-home message for people is that you can embrace map the way you embrace all other things in your daily life, all other sciences and uh, things we don't understand. You don't have to fully understand it, but to know that you can, if you want to understand it, like any topic in life, that there are so many resources available that you can explore. That's a really cool thing about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking so much time. Oh my God. I, I, you, you could do this podcast with me as many times as you want. I would be a returning, a returning guest anytime. Um, I could fill hours with, I mean, I think, I think you answered four of my questions and I have like 30 <laughs> written down. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just cause it's, it's fascinating. Um, and I guess I, I view myself, my relationship with map um, I've always, I think, viewed myself this way in Western medicine, that my role was to kind of infiltrate Western medicine and then figure out how to expose it from the inside out so that people could see how to use Western medicine to their benefit, but also feel empowered to explore the many, many alternatives that existed long before Western medicine was created as an institution. So yeah, um, please, anytime, just, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to ask you and harass you with questions anytime and, and share my story anytime. This is my favorite. I just love it. It's what an experience. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I do appreciate all your questions and your insight, the insights that you shared with us today. You know, your own story is very, um, very, very inspiring. So I'm, and I'm glad to have been with you on part of that journey so all right thanks thank so you yes thank you for joining us for the flourish with neural retraining podcast please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on itunes spotify amazon music google play or stitcher check out our free courses about the map method how it works and how we use it for mind body healing at map for health.us or schedule your introductory session at mindremapforhealth.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2023 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.